Good morning. Happy 4th of July. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Galatians, and it's chapter 5, verses 13 through 21. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be together, to open your word, to explore it. We ask that you would give us ears to hear and a mind to understand. Open our hearts to receive your word. In your name, amen. So we're wrapping up this three-week series on lenses. Today's lens is freedom. We've looked at unity and blessing, and how we interact within the church and engage the world in light of the call to unity and the gift of blessing. We've seen how the two go hand in hand, and that when we are united in our love of God, blessing follows. Today, we are looking at the lens of freedom. Appropriately so, as we celebrate the 4th of July, our independence, freedom is a fitting topic. Although we are not talking about the freedoms we enjoy as citizens of this great country, but rather something deeper and far greater, the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. I recently graduated from Asbury Theological Seminary, where the slogan is the whole Bible for the whole world. That got me thinking. It becomes difficult to justify the lack of freedom in other countries in light of God-given freedom being reserved for a people based on geographical location. The good news is for all people in all the world. Let's talk about Plato for a minute. Not the philosopher, but the toy. 
My kids love Play-Doh. They mold it into things. They roll it into things. What happens when you start molding and rolling two different colors of Play-Doh? Eventually they join together and it's impossible to separate one from the other. Now a rule at my house is that you do not mix two different colors of Play-Doh, but that doesn't always work. That rule gets broken often. If the freedom we have in Christ is available to all nations and all people can come to a saving knowledge of Christ Jesus, then we have to differentiate the freedoms we enjoy as Americans and the freedoms we have in Christ. We enjoy the freedoms that many have and continue to fight for in our beloved country. My paternal grandfather, my granddad, earned a Purple Heart in World War II, and his life was forever impacted by fighting for the freedoms we enjoy today. My friend, family friend, Captain Joshua Byers, paid the ultimate price for freedom. I will be forever grateful to him for fighting for our country and our freedoms. Many of those freedoms were built on biblical principles. However, the freedom we have in Christ is deeper and greater as it breaks the chains of sin and death and is eternal for the whole world. The Holy Spirit is a gift of empowering presence, fitting us for God's eternal kingdom in Paul's letter to the Galatians, he affirms the power of the Holy Spirit as an active and capable agent of transformation. Paul believed that if we give ourselves to the Spirit's direction in all things, our desires, our attention, and what we give our time to, we would experience freedom from sin. One com commentary stated, and I love how it stated this, Paul was far more optimistic about the power of the Spirit than he was pessimistic about the human condition. Wow, to get to that place. Often we feel as if we are bound to the human condition and resolve to pessimistic conclusions about what we see. This might be an indication that we still have some surrendering to do so that we can experience the freedom to see how the Spirit is working to transform. John Wesley taught on Christian perfection, saying that having been made right with God, initial justification, prioritizes remaining right with God throughout our earthly pilgrimage by means of walking by the Spirit allowing this process of sanctification to reach its end point so that we are still right with God and fully so at the last day. Freedom in Christ is freedom from sin and freedom from self. Too often we continue on with our eyes fixed on barriers that we miss the freedom to see what Christ sees. 
my family got a puppy back in September. And over the last 10 months or so, we have been crate training him. We often put him in his crate to give him a break from running around the backyard or getting into things that he shouldn't. One day, he wandered into the cage on his own and the door shut behind him, but didn't latch. He laid down and assumed that he was locked in. Kristen eventually realized what happened and opened the door to let him out. He was able to leave captivity that never even existed. Our worldview can be like that. We become accustomed to the things that hold us captive. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about a different way. Christ offers us to follow him in a pursuit of unity, and he promises blessing to those who love him. We look at the world with a pessimistic lens. It's so easy to do. The lens that I hold up and look through is often obstructed by the plank in my eye. Sin is a distortion of things intended for good. Sin separates us from God and sometimes people as well. It is not always cut and dry. This is good and this is bad. Again, it is a distortion of things intended for good. We have the best intentions for holding on to a behavior or a belief and yet it becomes a tool that causes negative separation with people and even God. Before we know it, we have wandered into captivity that only exists in how we see things. Our freedom in Christ should draw people to Jesus, just like our unity and blessing. It is not circumstantial. Paul wrote, about this freedom in many of his letters, and most were written while he was in prison. Even in literal captivity, Paul experienced freedom. As churchgoers, we have a desire to see people fill up our buildings. We want to see people get plugged in and various other buzzwords that we hear in the church and really cling to the experiences we have grown up with and have enjoyed in our faith development. However, without even realizing it, we represent pessimism toward the human condition in the world rather than optimism about the power of the Holy Spirit. The church was never meant to be a crate that trains us to be obedient. It was intended to be on mission in all of the world so that all people can experience unity, blessing, and freedom in Christ when the world comes into contact with followers of Jesus. Obedience, then, is the fruit of transformation. Transformed people, transformed communities, and a transformed world. Paul taught in Rome. After they had set a day to meet with him, they came to him at his lodgings in great numbers. 
From morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he had said, while others refused to, be to believe. So they disagreed with each other. And as they were leaving, Paul made one further statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your ancestors through the prophet Isaiah, Go to this people and say, You will indeed listen, but never understand. And you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's hearts has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Holy Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. My prayer for grace is that we would have ears to hear, that we understand with our hearts and that we have eyes to see, that our hearts not grow dull, that we not pursue conforming to the left or to the right, but that we pursue Christ and that our freedom in him will free us from what we see with pessimism and open our eyes to the work of the Spirit uniting us, blessing us, and freeing us in the name of Jesus. Amen.